1: Here we go Here we go Here we go, here we go Here we go here we go This, this is, is it.
2: it This is Top Flight Time Machine I am Andy Dawson Bow
1: Bow Bow I'm Sam Delaney So what
2: Sam, it's an unusual podcast for you this evening. Tell us why.
1: It's my first OB. That's radio terminology. Mm. Mm -hmm. for outside broadcast uh, for I am recording Top Flight Time Machine from inside my car Mm -hmm. parked outside a pub uh, where I will be waiting my mate in half an hour's time
0: (laughs) so so I left the the
1: family in the middle of watching The Kid Who Would Be King Mm -hmm. the Joe Cornish film from last year and uh, I crept out I thought fuck this I won't interrupt the film Mm. by being noisy upstairs i'll so i've come out and it so far it seems to be going well mate good i'm in the car it feels good i've got good signal mm-hmm. um i've perched i've propped my phone on the steering wheel perfectly if anything yeah. it's better than the tripod i usually use at home in the home rig so Fantastic. i feel good in it and it, you know over the years i've done a lot of outside broadcasting on radio and and it always is fraught with problems. I mean, I've told you about the time at Hartlepool where I was ambushed by a Five Live reporter mm. while stumbling out of the toilet inebriated yeah. and had to give a half-time report on Hartlepool West Ham and the Cup you in which I used the phrase on. there are no mugs mm. over five times in one five-minute interview. <laughs> that was bad. Once I did a week of outside broadcast from Washington during the last presidential election. I oh, went yeah. out and did my drive time show from Washington DC throughout the week in the build up to the election, uh, when Trump got elected and fucking out every day, at least a quarter of the show was lost as it just fell off air and they had to just go to like right. music or adverts or something. Yeah. It's, but um, I'm trying to put those memories behind me because this outside broadcast, um, is going very well.
2: It feels as though this can't feel almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's
2: crack on with it, shall
1: we? Um, unless my recorder runs out of batteries, but yeah, we'll that
2: could, that yeah. Could, or, or unless you get like a, a policeman tapping on your window wanting to know what yeah, you're doing. Yeah,
1: or my mate might arrive at the pub soon. I haven't warned him. This is what I'm doing. I've turned oh, right. up early to do this. If he wanders along and sees me, he he might do. He might come along, start banging on the window, and and you know.
2: Have you? Have you not, did you not think to put a sign in the window? Podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I please done that. that. We interrupt- should get some printed
1: up. Maybe yeah. some branded Top Flight Time Machine ones.
2: Yeah. Mm. Okay. Do not disturb. Well, podcasting. We'll, we'll, yeah, podcasting in progress. We'll yeah. see how we get on. Um, football's been... Well, football's been football this weekend, really. Doesn't mean that much
1: football, of it. Or Half a Premier League. Half a Premier it, League. It, do you know what? It feels stupid. It's like, have a break or don't have a break. Yeah. But this making each... You know, just like half half a league one week, half a league the other... It's confusing, it's disorientating. I would find it much more straightforward if that everyone took a week off.
2: It's like splitting up with your girlfriend but then still going out as mates now and again. Exactly right. Isn't it?
1: Or, as some people that I know have done, um, <laughs> splitting up but then continuing to live in the same house oh, even. Jesus Christ. <laughs> which sometimes you have to do, I suppose, if there's kids involved or whatever, but it can go on for a long time i'm pretty sure that my brother when he got together with his wife many years ago he moved into her house but her ex-boyfriend was still living in it wow yeah fucking hell i mean pretty dark you, you, you
2: can i think like with the price of like the cost of living and everything and the cost of accommodation these days sometimes a relationship can end but like neither of you can afford to move out because getting somewhere else is just prohibitively expensive so living in London, is... you could end up exactly. living with
1: three or four exes all at once. It's yeah. the only thing that makes economic sense.
2: You could be one of those house-sharing situations, and that's how you get together in the first place, and mm. then you split up, and then you're still living together anyway because there's no other alternatives.
0: And that's I mean, why... at
1: university, I remember one girl worked her way through, not in the house I was living in. What a delightful choice of
2: phrase uh, there. Worked her I, way through.
1: <laughs> worked her way through every fella in the house. And you can imagine how <laughs> political things got. The
2: sexual politics, I was going to say, around yeah. the
1: breakfast table. Good, do you me. know what I mean? Yeah. Because in student dormitories as well, the walls are very thin. There were these sort of like apartments that had like, say, ten rooms in and one <laughs> shared living area. <laughs> but you know, one bloke would have fallen in love with us. she would have kicked into the curb, and the next night you'd have to, you'd have to listen to her have, having it off with his mate in the room next door. <laughs> Okay, Horrible no. stuff. That's
2: life, though. So, yeah, I mean, football, that's just
1: one isolated incident. I'm not. I hope, to, please, don't interpret that anecdote as misogynistic. No. There are men doing the exact same thing to women constantly. So, you know, irrespective of the genders involved, I would just like to say that <laughs> that, that kind of conduct is insensitive.
2: It is. It is. So, you're going to the pub tonight, is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm going to the pub to meet my mate for a quick sort of in earnest developing a semi-regular catch-up over a heineken zero mm-hmm. in the pub on a sunday night that's because, a good thing as i've documented uh, extensively i don't socialize much um as a result you can really let certain friendships like fizzle and my wife maybe she just wants to be out of the house but she said come on man you've got a Make an effort sometimes, mm. so you know, he's what he's my oldest uh, one of my oldest mates, um, uh, really close friend. And you know, we'll, we'll put the world to rights. But the real reason behind it, mate, is that you and I both watched the making of the Tears for Fears album, Songs from the Big Chair, on Friday night. So he's tweeting did. about it, and funny enough. I'd, I was up uh, on my own because my wife had gone to bed a bit early that night. So I found myself surfing channels and I stumbled across it and thought, fucking great. And I only caught the second half of it. And I was just thinking, this is a classic Andy Dawson Friday night <laughs> watching material. And just as I thought it, your tweet popped up. There it and is. I thought, of course he's fucking watching it. He's all over this. He'll have yeah. had this circled in his radio times all week. Absolutely. Right? But it was so good that the next day I had to send a text to my best mate the mate i mean tonight and go with a link to it just saying cancel your plans mate watch mm. it and he got so excited and so did my wife that we decided to arrange a screening party tonight at my house oh right so, so post pub I'm meeting him for a drink and then post pub we're going back to watch the whole thing because I only caught the second half in fact I only tuned in at the bit where they were explaining how they made everybody wants to rule the world which yeah. was a mind blowing sequence
2: yeah It's a brilliant. That's a brilliant song. The album is fantastic. I'd forgotten about how great it was till about two years ago, and I just and how
1: successful it was as well. Yeah, I mean, it was fucking huge. It was like in the in the US charts for like six months in the top ten. I mean, like like my my missus went to see them last year at an open air concert in the summer. Was and great? she came back banging on about how amazing they've been live. And so we started listening quite a lot to the album again. They were on so.
2: at um, Durham County Cricket Ground in Chesterley Street last summer oh, as yeah. well. on Part of that same tour. And I couldn't get anyone to go. And I almost went on my own. And I should have yeah. done. You should have sh- done. Why should I not have done that?
1: Nah, I mean, going to gigs on your own, good. Just like, you know, you go to yeah. cinema on your own. I went I to cinema on my own last week. I um, went to see that uh, Parasite yeah. in the middle of the day. I was like, "Fuck this!"
2: I regularly um, do that, but outdoor uh, gigs seems different.
1: Yeah. Outdoor well, gigs in on you your own doesn't seem the same. Seeming a bit noncy. you feel a bit exposed. Like I you suppose. might be just creeping about, trying to fill yeah. up people's asses or something.
2: Pretty much that, yeah. <laughs> and I think if I was on my own, that's probably what I would find myself starting to do. But, um
1: oh mate, I've got a low battery warning here. I can't got a low believe battery this is warning. I checked it before I came out, and it said one bar of battery. I thought, that's easy enough for a show. I've got two shows out of that before.
2: Do we need to pause while you change the batteries?
1: No, because I'm in the car, I haven't got any. Let's just We'll just keep
2: going. We'll just do as much as we can, then. I'll just play some incidental music towards the end if we run out of stuff.
1: If we run out, just chuck in some of those little jingles that uh, I've done, and and just chuck in Bonnie and Clyde Chapter 2 again, just for the hell of it.
2: Speaking of the jingles, um, the one of the jingles was done for us by our good friend Alex Law, yeah, the comedian and actor, and yeah. I went to see him last night. Yeah, doing his Clinton Baptiste thing.
1: Very good. It was
2: very, very good. Yeah, yeah. I went Clinton to see Baptiste it
1: last from... year, I think, in the autumn or late summer. Yeah, brilliant. Really, really good. Oh, I mean, he can fucking hold a room, that fella. Can't he knows what he's doing. He, yeah, he's a pro. Stagecraft. Back in stagecraft, he's given us his a few tips before, hasn't yeah, he?
2: Yeah, he has. Stagecraft coming out of his ass. there was yeah. brilliant stuff. Um, but and he's touring pretty much every town non stop in the United Kingdom for the next four months. So go and see he's him. He's
1: absolutely coining it in.
2: And if you don't know what it is, it's Clinton Baptiste who was the uh the medium, the psychic in that episode of Phoenix Nights. And uh, he's revived the yep. character for this tour. And uh, you and will he's be Taken on a journey. Too.
1: Huh? He's he does a podcast as Clinton Baptiste yeah, as does, well. Yeah, that's
2: true, yeah. yeah. It's all going really well. And the,
1: the Oh, he's absolutely coining it, mate. But audience. you know, Alex has done lots of amazing things over the years. Uh lots of brilliant characters and performances. To my mind his best thing was when he did Jeremy Corbyn on the Sadly Rested uh, news satire yes. show Sam Delaney's News, yes,
2: Thing, it was when he
1: did a, a weekly sort of video diary as Jeremy Corbyn.
2: Yeah, I'll drop in one of them at the end of this episode. As oh, well, yeah. we, we used to yeah. stick that on the end of the News Thing podcast, didn't we? When that was we gone did, for about we? a month, yeah, just because we need. yeah, material. well, Corbyn
1: will be gone now, it'll be a historical artifact,
2: exactly. So yeah, so yeah, Alex um, Clinton Baptiste, go and see yeah, him. Yeah, go and very, try very, and see, very, very see it if
1: you if you get a chance. He'll definitely be in your town at some point, wherever you're fucking listening to this in the UK. Yeah, he's
2: doing every town. And if he's already done your town, he'll probably do it again. Yeah. You're listening to Andy Dawson and Sam Delaney, the hardest working cunts in podcasting. So we ran out of battery, or you ran out of battery, but you've, yeah. you've been uh, re-battertised yourself.
1: I had to go back to my rig, but luckily you... that's the beauty of being in the car doing a pod, <laughs> is that in moments I was able to s- swing a dramatic U-turn, get to the house, <laughs> get some new batteries and carry on podding. You can, you can be anywhere within minutes. Literally nothing will stop us podding. Uh, we are the hardest working cunts in podcasting, as we that are. trailer just said. And by the way, that was Alex Lowe doing his world famous Nicholas Parsons impression.
2: Yeah. Which only is sort of the only four. impression
1: he can do. But he's really good. Hours
2: before Nicholas Parsons died, I think, was when he did it.
1: Well, that's Cosmos stuff
2: yeah just
1: a bit that is big cosmos stuff that we did we decided to do alex doing the nicholas parsons um jingle and then parsons dropped dead i know that alex was slightly concerned that he may have played a role in that i don't think that's right at all don't think that he's got any blood on his hands but i do Mm. think that the cosmos was trying to say something to all of us
2: let's not let's not completely exonerate him because we don't know do we
1: he books. could have some blood on his hands, yeah. but he There's wasn't s- solely responsible. No. Uh, the, Sir John Cosmos has to take some of the blame himself.
2: <laughs> As always.
1: Yeah.
2: Now I touched upon the football a bit earlier. Did you see this weekend's fucking VAR atrocity?
1: That Dream was Friday night, wasn't Leicester? it? Yeah. can I just say that was Friday night Leicester versus Wolves a game we were really looking forward to but which turned out by all accounts to be shit and we made a terrible error and I think it was entirely my fault I referred to it as an East Midlands derby everyone knows that Leicester are from the East Midlands but Wolves are from the West Midlands very much not I know that I can't believe I said it it's mm. embarrassing and some fucking Frank Lampard cunt on Twitter has pointed it out and I call him a Frank Lampard cunt but on this occasion and this is very rare I was glad to have my mistake pointed out to me because it was an embarrassing one and I apologise
2: <laughs> even so the Lamparding doesn't need to be doesn't need to be done does oh, it oh there was a great we Lampard the other that.
1: day when I said that the Croydon wasn't in Surrey and oh, really? a fucking proper Lampard so it, 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 look, it doesn't matter, but it is in in um it's not in Surrey. Croydon is a London borough and has been since 1965 when the borders were changed, <laughs> I think. It doesn't matter at all. And I was like, alright, and he went, I went, it's touched your nerve, hasn't it, Lampard I went, no, it hasn't touched a nerve it nerve. It just bothers me when people get it wrong. Now there's a phrase that mm. only one of life's lampards would ever use. It bothers me when people get it wrong. <laughs> Why? And I extend this to everyone and every subject now. Don't life's too fucking short. If someone gets a detail incorrect, unless it's something that would land one of you or your loved ones in prison or dead, right? If it if it's really of no consequence, don't let it fucking don't let other people's factual inaccuracies fucking bother you. <laughs> when they're trivial. And fucking Croydon's not London. Everyone knows that you're practically in fucking Brighton.
0: Jalapeño. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jalapeño.
2: So that was the that was the Friday night game. Yeah, the VAR thing. Did you see it? Nah. What he was, he didn't see it. Nah. I, I so switched the match off. I, well a Corner was taken, a short corner was taken, and there was a one two between the corner taker and another Wolves player. And when the corner taker received the ball, um, well, when the, the other player played the ball back to the corner taker, the corner taker was offside mm. by a sort of a half a boot, and this was mm. right out on the touchline. And that's why the goal was disallowed. Then the cross came in, headed back across goal, and nodded in. Beautiful and, goal, and yeah, perfect textbook, great goal. And then, of course the fucking knobheads that wherever wherever it is they do this thing Stockley Park
1: is that where they are is that where their rig where is that's where they are yeah the secret um, there
2: they then set about analysing every aspect of the goal to try and find some reason Fuckers. to rule it out I put the match off I was so disgusted by it I
1: thought I'm not fucking watching this you should write to Sir Rupert Murdoch about that or Sir John right, Sky Sir John F.A. Mm. yeah I just yeah. I've had enough yeah, talking about Rupert Murdoch have you S- have you seen that program um well for, like there's so much about Murdoch because obviously there's we've talked about succession a lot and how it's mm. probably the best TV show of the last few years mm-hmm. um then of course there was bombshell which covered real life at Fox News and the scandal that surrounded the uh, boss of the, the sex scandal that surrounded the, the management there at, at, yeah. at, at Fox News and now I've started watching um, the TV show about the same bloke oh, what's his bloody name uh, Anyway, the TV show is called The Loudest Voice and mm. it stars Russell Crowe in a magnificent fat suit um, excellent playing the gaffer the real life gaffer of Fox News who absolutely you know established it as Roger Ailes his name is he also yeah. he's he's played by um John Withrow in in bombshell same character and he was basically yeah. a sleaze bag but he was a bit of a TV genius who turned Fox News into this all singing all dancing showbiz sexy ultra kind of right-wing reactionary news behemoth so he yeah. knew what he was doing in terms of getting viewers but he was a right sleaze bag and in the end he got done for nonsense, and rightly so but the show uh, about him and his life at, at Fox is fucking sensational the loudest voice Russell Crowe is brilliant he wears a tremendous fat suit enormous he waddles everywhere <laughs> and everyone's in for prosthetics now because Sienna Miller plays his missus and she's got a prosthetic nose and then right. there's a fella, I can't remember the name, but he's an Australian actor playing Murdoch, right? <laughs> and he's got a fucking amazing prosthetic. No one will just be an actor, an act, and go, well, it's fine because I'm an actor. So, although no, I am not actually Rupert Murdoch, right? Mm. I'm not actually Rupert Murdoch, but... We're not expecting anyone... We're not trying to trick people into thinking that I am actually Rupert Murdoch. That's not what we're trying to do. People know that this is a drama, right? With actors. So I will simply... Oh, I will wear a suit similar to his. And Mm -hmm. I may do a voice similar to his. And my hair will be done similar to his. But I will be simply acting a part. Now, Mm. it's different. Acting has basically become disguising, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because in fucking... It was the same in, in Bombshell. They all, like, all of them, like Charlize Theron, um it was Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, um, John Widrow. they all wore loads of prosthetics, right? Right. Masks. And now in The Loudest Voice as well, they've done the same. It's like, this bloke has got this weird fucking... It's like Bo Selector. The guy's got <laughs> a mad prosthetic fucking Rupert Murdoch mask on. And not only that... <laughs> He talks like how you or I might do an impression of Rupert Murdoch. For God's <laughs> sake, Roger. You've got to stop squeezing people's tits. <laughs> do you and Wendy Ding's in it. You're Wendy bad Deng. man. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. But it is mad, all this dressing up that people are going in for now. It's like you don't need to fucking put on a plastic nose. We get it. You're not the person. You're someone pretending to be that person. You don't have to disguise yourself.
2: I wonder if it's the same director or producer that's making all these things, and he's got a deal somewhere with some supplier of prosthetics.
1: Yeah, it must be. Sounds like a fucking John Fanny Powder slash George Lucas production.
2: Yeah. So what what are what are these things again? The the what were they called again? The shows.
1: The, so the film is called Bombshell, and that mm. is a uh, an account of the sexual harassment scandal that engulfed um, Fox News a couple of years ago, yeah. very recently, between about 2016 2018. Which led I to Roger Ayers, who was like the man behind it, and Roger Ailes, so the man behind it all, having to step down, right? Which was a huge fucking scandal. Yeah, and not long after that, he dropped dead. And then, uh, so that so, was the so movie, the- which you can still get in some cinemas. It's got uh, Kidman... Uh, Charlie Theron and Margot Robey and then Bombshell is a TV series covering much the same events but rather than just specifically that sex scandal it covers from the launch of Fox News up until yeah. I guess the point where he gets dumped out of his job which was quite recently so it's, it spans like 20-25 years um, and it's Are they both Netflix? Uh, not sure not sure but it's one of those yeah it's one of I think. I think it is Netflix actually no the movie is out in the cinemas the uh, loudest voices um, is def- I think is on Netflix and of course Succession which is the best of all of them ...is more of a fictionalised account of a very similar story. It's Mm. it's the fictionalised account of the Murdochs... ...but there are various actors playing all of the Murdochs... ...in both this film and this TV show.
2: I fucking love Succession... ...but can I tell you something about it that irritated me slightly... ...in Series 2? Every week they seem to go somewhere... ...together, en masse. Yeah. They'd be like going to a... There'd be a wedding somewhere... ...or they'd go to a fucking retreat yeah there was like stuff just everyday stuff just didn't seem to happen unless that's what these people do all the time yeah maybe Go they do cases. maybe they do do you know do what it reminded
1: know? me of you're right about that and because it, I think it's a convenient narrative technique isn't it I mean mm. he's thought we need to have these characters all in one place because if not it's harder for the drama to unfold yeah. right and I suppose it's part and parcel of it being a family run business means mm-hmm. that in non-family-run businesses, everyone's separate when they're not actually at work. But part of the fucking dramatic excitement and, and madness of a, fam- a drama about a family business is that you have to spend fucking time outside of work together. The other thing yeah. is it reminds me of um, that great show from the 80s, A Bit of a Do, starring David yeah. Jason. And that was a really similar thing because each, each episode was a different do wasn't it it was usually a wedding yeah, sometimes exactly. it was a funeral yeah. or a christening and it but uh there, there was a big time lapse between each one which also made it good david jason was having it played a character who was having it off with who was the posh woman oh she was, who was having Nic- a fair she nicola was really someone? attractive Who?
2: nicola, some, nicola somebody yeah. Nicola Bryant was it
1: well i'm looking it up nicola on my Bryant. phone now in the car <laughs> No one can imagine if a neighbor walks past. Oh, I saw that bloke from up the road from number what yeah, you call it. In his car. Right, from and he, his was, he, he was in his car. He was talking into an electronic device and he was Googling that sexy woman out of a bit of a do. I've Nicola told you he's Bryant. a wrong Absolute wrong Bit of a do. I don't fucking care. Whoa! What's up now? Drop the phone. Um,
2: no, it, I it wasn't Nicola Bryant. I don't think that, Nicola Bryant is someone else.
1: Nicola Paget. That's it. Now in it, David Jason played De- Ted Simcock, and Ted Simcock was married to Gwen Taylor, who is also the woman I think out of um, Duty Free. And in right. Duty Free, she was also a wronged woman because Keith Barron was cheating on her in in Duty Free, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So she specialised in playing a wife whose husband was playing away. Yeah, that was her. That was her typecast role.
2: She was the the queen of that in the eighties, really, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, she sort of has the look of a first wife about her. You might say. Mm. Um, Strange
2: phrase, but there you go.
1: Yeah, so it's a bit, bit mean to any first wives out there, including Rest my the mum. Football. I don't mean that as a derogatory thing. It's that the first wives are the best wives. Mm. Is that uh, true? Do you want to hear about a theory that I've uh, that I've been reading up on? It's called yeah, the Dark on the, Forest we've Theory. Yeah, have got three
2: minutes left before you go at the pub.
1: All right. Well, I'll tell you quick. Um, the I'll tell you quickly. Basically, why? Real quick. It's one of the most complicated theories, right, in the known universe. But I'm going to do right. it as quick as I can. And obviously, my understanding of it is extremely poor. It's called the Dark Forest Theory. Right, according to uh, a well-known fucking cosmic expert scientist, mm. right, who, did a, who who established some sort of theorem in the 60s to work out how many living stars there were in our galaxy, right? Right, yeah. There's f- Based on the science we had, there's fucking billions, right? Billions and billions, right? So the percentage chance of at least one of them having, uh, you know, if you really fucking underestimate the chance of any of them having intelligent life, right, you would still say, bare minimum, at least 20, right, (laughs) would have intelligent life living (laughs) in this star system, right, or near that star on a planet. So why have we not made any contact? Well, game theory suggests, right, that all civilizations. Uh, in our galaxy are like hunters in a dark forest moving very silently armed right but trying as best as they can to avoid detection because if you identified another civilization right intelligent life you would probably most likely you would destroy it rather than make contact because the risk would be too high that they'd seek to destroy you right right so game theory suggests you would just destroy them so what that means, right, is that there's that, that there's every chance that there might be just one planet who has decided to do it. Not every planet is going to react like that. Admittedly, mm-hmm. Game 3 suggests most would. But even if just one planet has resolved to destroy any other fucking planet that emits radio waves into the mm-hmm. galaxy, right, that means any fucking planet that has made a sound has been immediately destroyed by this aggressive planet, right? And all of the other planets are just keeping fucking stum. So they're either dead or quiet. However, Earth, we know for a fact, for over a 100 fucking years, has been transmitting radio fucking waves into the fucking ether, right? So the question like a is, bunch of duck what Well, it t- it takes a long time. For those fucking radio transmissions to reach another planet. It could take, you know, years and years and years and years. But at some point, it's going to fucking hit them. Some cunt up in fucking planet Zod is going to be sitting there, tuning in his old fucking CB radio. And and suddenly they'll hear... Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. And they'll go, we have picked up a life form, a transmission... From a puny planet light years away That calls itself Earth What is the transmission? It is two men They are talking (laughs) About their funny powder (laughs) And digging And digging holes And Sir John Cosmos Do they pose a threat to us? I am not sure But to be on the safe side Let's blow them up
2: so that'll just happen instantaneously. All of a sudden we'll happen. be gone.
1: It could happen at any moment. Now, this is not a far-fetched conspiracy theory. This is based on scientific understanding and it's been in, it was endorsed by good old Sir Stephen Hawking before he fucking dropped dead. So
2: Bang! He said. There bang. it
1: is. See you later. I tell you now, Dark Forest Theory. Look it up, right? It's coming. It's fucking. It's coming sooner or later. The fucking radio airwaves, whether it's I Love Fucking Lucy, an episode of Dallas, right, yeah. or the fucking Desert Island Discs. Thought for the day, something like that. Summit is going to fucking reach them cons, and then bang, we're gone in an instant. Fuck. Hopefully,
2: that's a lovely way to uh, end an episode, really, isn't
1: it?
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, everyone don't know if you've got any plans for the summer but you know they might not happen Take us for sorry but games or something if we like do
1: get destroyed by planet zod or whoever it fucking is it may well be the direct result of this episode of top flight time machine yeah drifting through the cosmos slowly making its way over a period of light years to a planet far far away who will hear our ramblings and then blow us up
2: is this what nasa are sending out then is that is it no i think what it is is is
1: that anything i mean to be honest i'm i'm being a bit far-fetched as much as this how does a podcast go out on the internet doesn't it yeah so on the airwaves
2: then is it
1: it's not airwaves all right so forget this it's more likely to be say absolute absolute breakfast with dave berry for instance it'll be something like that that goes out on the radio so they'll hear dave berry he does this thing called um, mm. in the mornings where he says, "Hand in your cool badge," and it's a funny thing where, like, you you give examples of becoming middle aged, and mm. you you have an example of coming, and then he goes, "Uh," and then your coal badge, and it might be that item, which is a very right. popular item, it's a very right. funny item, and it might be that that kills that us all off. The,
2: the triggers the end of civilization, as we know. Yeah, it, it could be. Makes you think, doesn't
1: it? It, it could be Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
2: Yeah, there's, there's, that's a very good call, actually. Yeah, mm. could be. Who knows yeah, who are. it could
1: be? But one yeah, of are. them is going to fucking kill us. All
2: right, I'm going to let you go at the pub now, Sam. Okay, mate. And um, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. I can't wait to hear what the sound quality is like on this car, car episode bottle. you've done. Yeah. yeah. All right. There, take All right. You. Until then,
1: see you tomorrow, dickheads.